first guest is Brock University professor for the last 16 years as an associate professor and is a CEO of 2021 Niagara Summer Games. I'm so excited to speak with him today. Barry, welcome to the show. Thanks for doing this once again. Great, great to be here, Vince. Uh, looking forward to having a conversation with you. Awesome. So first, Barry, how has your transition been since this whole uh, pandemic has occurred? Well, it's uh, it's been interesting to say the least. Uh, I think there's a, an ancient curse that's out there. May you live in interesting times, and that's for sure. That's what's going on right now. It's interesting times uh, for all of Canada, all of the world. Um, um, it, it has impacted us um, on a number of levels, um, but uh, the key thing for us is uh, we are building towards 2021. Uh, when we uh, host Canada here in Niagara for the Canada Summer Games. So uh, we're right heavy into planning phase. And so we've had to shift a little bit more uh, to a kind of virtual plans. Um, and it, it's working out uh, surprisingly well. I think everybody uh, uh, has picked up on, uh, on working from their home office and working uh, from everybody else's home office at the same time. So uh, it's impacted us there. Of course, we had a number of community events that we've had to cancel. We've had, uh, um, we're still waiting to hear about our summer test events. We were going to uh, host some lacrosse tournaments and softball and the Minto Cup here in Niagara that would get us rebuild our, our teams, getting our teams ready for the, uh, for the uh, summer games. But uh, all of those are on hold. And so we're doing all the right things. We're doing our social distancing. We've shut our office down um, and we're just meeting uh, with everybody just as we're chatting today right now. Awesome. Uh, Barry, as the CEO of a 2021 Niagara Summer Games, what does your job role entail and some of the responsibilities that you have? Um, basically, our, our key thing is to, is to follow our vision, if you will. Our, our vision is to inspire, to transform, and to unify. Um, so those are the three things that we keep, hold on really near and dear to us uh, as we're moving forward. So from my perspective, when I sat down and worked with our with our team on that, uh, we looked at the Unify, um, and when that came into, we really do need to build the team to be able to host these games. So we'll have a small staff component um, at games time. We'll be roughly in the 50, uh, 55 range that we to do that. But we really truly are uh, led by volunteers, and so we need to build our volunteer team. We'll have roughly three hundred leadership volunteers that will be helping us out, and then on games time, volunteers upwards of about four thousand volunteers. Uh, in any of our 16 venues and all the other type of activities that will be going, uh, helping us out to run the, the, the game. So that's the first part is really to unify, so build that team. The second one then, um, when it comes into uh, Transform, is we, we need to create the stage. So we have, we're blessed with the great facilities in Niagara, but we are looking at uh, enhancing them, developing and bringing them up to a Canada Games standard. We are so also in the process of building Canada Games Park, which is um, you know roughly a $100 million project uh, that's going to be located uh, just a little south of Brock. It's going to be a fabulous uh, legacy facility for all of Niagara. So that's that transform to make sure we're getting ready. There's some some places where we're going to be building some uh, you know uh, trails, uh, example, for our, um, uh, our cycling events and building other things around as well. So that's the transform. And then the last one, when we get into the Inspire for us, um, we're going to invite the magic to happen. Uh, when I get a chance to go and talk into the community and talk to people that are um, uh, out, out there about getting excited with games, I often ask to say, has anybody been involved in a Canada Games before? Now, because we're, we're, it's been around since 1967. So there's quite a few people that surprisingly, or not surprisingly, have actually been an athlete or volunteer before. And it's really interesting because they 
they will eyes will glaze over a little bit. They'll go somewhere and then they'll start talking about their experience. Mm-hmm. And what you find, it is really a magical moment. It's a magical moment for those 5,000 athletes and coaches that will be here, but all the spectators and everybody else will be there. So our, our, my other last, last job and our collective last job is really to invite that magic to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, Barry, I wanted to ask you, what is your philosophy and leadership and strategic planning for the events? Um, talking about leadership first, uh, I, I, I do teach a, a leadership class, a fourth year leadership class uh, within the Gooden School of Business. So I draw upon um, good research that's out there to, to do it. And I've, I've really um, uh, drawn from that and really kind of focus uh, mine. And so there's kind of five little key uh, little acronyms and things that we work out in the class and I really hold them near and dear to myself from a leader so the first one is to challenge the process so to make sure when you come in and you see some things we can do things the way everything's done before and there's always a lot of best practices that are out there but also kind of just sit sit back and say might we do things a little bit differently might we do things a little bit better so I like that concept of uh of challenging the process a little bit. Second part then is really is is you do need to inspire a shared vision, and that's um, again we got to be all on the same page. Um, I'll use a rowing analogy. We all got to be in the boat rowing in the same direction. You got to know where your goal is to be able to, to be there, and, and it's very helpful when you have a powerful um, uh, inspirational vision to be able to hang on to. So I think that's that's really important uh, from that. Uh, and, and the third one here I really believe in is enable others to act. We, 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 we want to hire people that are experts or good at their tasks or get volunteers involved and then let, let's get out of their way. So it's not my job to be overseeing them. Um, I can get involved a little bit from a coaching standpoint and help out there. But the idea is we've got some good people in place. Let them go out and do their good work that uh, we know that they need to be. Uh, along the way, um, sometimes you will we'll find that we, we do run into some problems. And so that's my fourth kind of point and that's where we're encouraging the heart and so um when you have COVID-19 on your doorstep uh there can be some really challenging points around that so then you need to find different ways that uh, you can encourage people to to, to carry on and we're and um and and vice versa where people help to help me to encourage me to uh, kind of keep me carrying on and, and so then the last one that uh, that I kind of adhere to is it truly is that it's called modeling the way and in that one, you got to make sure that if you're asking somebody else to do something, you got to make sure you're modeling that way as well, um, because people will be looking at what you're doing. So you can't have your words and your uh, and your tasks separated. They need to join together, uh, and that's a, a powerful place to be. So um, it's it's you know get get out in front and follow uh, somewhat like um, uh, our namesake at Brock University did. So when the, when the general he, he was charging up the hill with his troops. Um, at the same time, as opposed to many leaders away in the back. And now that maybe that's a bad analogy. Maybe it didn't work out so well with the general on that one. So it's circuite, uh, but it is push on. So yeah, you have to make sure you're modeling the way as well. So that, those would be my five, if you will, leadership. And from a strategy standpoint, um, key thing for me is as you're looking at it, you're, you know, there's whole chapters on and uh, lots of research on, on what strategy is. You want to find a place that. Uh, you play to your strengths, I guess. What what strengths do you have? Find that area that uh, your organization or the individuals have that you can play to your strengths. 
um, and, uh, and and accentuate that. Uh, often some places say, okay, let's get balanced. Where, our, where are we weak at? Let's focus on our weakness, try to bring that up a little bit. As long as it's not kind of like a career limiting weakness or something, a real problem with the organization, you're better to play with your play to your strengths and and, uh, and 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 lead with that. So often when I'm going to work with organizations, we do look at what what are our strengths uh, and then what might those opportunities, how, where might we be able to grow with those types of things. So so there's a little leadership, a little strategy. Four, OBHR four P nine six. They're throwing it your way. So there you go, Vince. <laughs> um, Barry, how has uh, COVID nineteen impacted the planning process towards the the games? Yeah, so um, it, it it is difficult. Part of it is it's so unknown, right? Um, and I think we're still. I think the world is still struggling with this. Uh, we have a sense that it's out there. We have a sense what it it does. We know it's not good for um, for our bodies, and uh, with uh, some drastic results for many. Um, and it's uh, and, and we have no protection and you know to immunization towards it so it, it's a high risk but it's 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 out there we have some we have got some great leaders in the healthcare world that are helping us uh, navigate uh, this pathway uh, but it's difficult to plan and particular let's say from test events and and uh, long-range planning um, which you might do when you've got this uh, with with this in front of you so I go back um, uh, to an old mentor of mine, uh, Doug Hargraves. He was a, a football coach at uh, Queen's University that I was blessed to be able to coach football with him for about 10 years. And Doug had many uh, great wisdom points for us, but one that um, I think really uh, uh, highlighted for myself and for many of the athletes that came uh, through his program. And that was uh, uh, a person to be able to be successful in, in, in these kind of fluid times. A person has to be flexible and have a sense of humor. And I think that's what we've really uh, tried to hang on to with uh, with the Canada Games is we do need to be flexible. Uh, we're not sure exactly where the road ahead is. We are planning heavily deep into planning. All our venue teams are planning. We are anticipating uh, having a great summer of 2021. We're, um, we're ever hopeful the healthcare group will have uh, these things looked after uh, for us. But we had a real run up to 2021 that we're gonna be doing some things. So we're very flexible on where those are. Uh, right now we're trying to be a little more inflexible. We know what 2021 looks like. We know how we're gonna inspire, transform and unify. So we have that plan. So we're working uh, diligently on that to make sure that we're there. Um, Will we have contingency plans? Sure. I think uh, the Olympics is a great example on that, where their contingency plan happened uh, was timing. I don't think we're going to be in a point where we have to worry about any timing from that standpoint. Uh, but we may have, uh, would there be a venue or two uh, that could be a little different? Are they, are they going to allow um, large crowds to join in? Will we have smaller um, uh, numbers of uh, spectators? Will we be doing more visually? Uh, will our webcasting be um, so much better than any Canada Games has ever been in the past? So all of those types of things, the planning, uh, we're, we know what we need to do. Uh, and when then we're looking at what's the, the art of the possibility. And so we're, we're, we're working at being flexible and having a sense of humor. I like that. Um, Barry, you mentioned that volunteers are essential for the Games. Um, what would you tell a student aspiring to be in the sport industry? Why should they look to the games for volunteer opportunity or just someone that wants to volunteer? Why should they um, want to volunteer for the games? Yeah. Um, good question. Lots of, lots of great answers on this one. So I'll, I'll, I'll focus a little bit on the uh, sports management, uh, the people who would like to work in the, in the wonderful world of sport. 
here's your opportunity. Um, it's a, it's a difficult one to be able to land a gig. And I know um, when I, when I graduated uh, with my uh, undergrad in physical health education uh, many, many years back, I think we had about a hundred in our graduating class and, and three of us were fortunate enough to be able to get a gig in our, um, in, in right away. And I was one of them. Um, and I had gone out and I'd done a lot of volunteering as a baseball coach and softball and umpiring and, and then a whole other bunch of sports. And then I took uh, small little jobs or I got involved in running a ski hill and, you know, a whole bunch of things you would do. Um, and all of those helped out. I, 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 I raked ball diamonds and was a playground supervisor, all those kind of things. It helps build your CV. And so I was fortunate to be one of those three that uh, landed a great position. So I'd, I'd encourage people to, uh, to jump in. Um, a, helps you with your, uh, build your uh, CV. Uh, you'll be able to talk about it and you can talk about how you were able to organize events, how you're involved in, in these sorts of things. Um, I get it. It's a volunteer and, and we do need to put dollars and cents on our, uh, on our table. Um, so, you know, that, so you, you, this would be a plus point. Perhaps you're going out and doing something else and this is the plus. But you gotta, you gotta send, you gotta send a message that, uh, you are, truly in love with uh with sport and you're going to be able to do those sorts of things the second part around that so it helps the cv the second part you're going to learn an unbelievable amount of information so um brock prides itself at really being out into the community and experiential education this is what it's all about right so um i can teach you a lot of things in my classroom uh but until you get out there and have a chance to apply it it's really not going to resonate and really uh, land on you so here's a great opportunity you can come out help us out with venues and marketing there's a variety of different things uh sponsorship all sorts of stuff that you can come in and develop your um your uh, uh skill set on and the last part there's going to be is uh you're going to get caught up in this magic right the the canada games are magical i was out in red deer um uh, to watch the uh, to be actively involved in 2019 to see take it in and just the energy and you talk to the athletes that are there and the energy it's just it's the magical time it's incredible to be in this multi-sport environment so it is for some this is their olympic games for others this is the transition i think um we hear from cgc our canada games council that 60 uh, percent of the uh, olympic medals were won by uh, Canada game participants, right? And the only reason the rest of them weren't because we were happen every four years. So we might've just missed those athletes uh, when they came through. So the competition is going to be spectacular. It's going to be a, so amazing on the field to play, but even more amazing around the, the excitement and the parents and the fans. And oh, by the way, we're in Niagara. And we just know how to host amazing things in Niagara, right? Uh, we welcome the world to Niagara Falls. 200,000 people come here every day in the summertime. So we're going to trans transform and transition to some of those into the Canada game. So this, this will be the hottest ticket in Canada in 2021. And everybody, uh, if you're, if you're a student, uh, you want to be a part of this. Barry, I, I, uh, next couple of months I'm graduating from Brock university, but I'm really jealous of the facilities that are being built because they look amazing. Just, uh, the researching, looking at the news, the, they're incredible. And I guess, can you speak to the facilities that are being built? Yeah, it's a great, great comment, Vincent. Um, and we're really proud of this. I, I want to give a big shout out to the board, the 2021 um, uh, with the Niagara Canada Games, Summer Games. They've been involved in this process for four or five years of working and building on this. In particular, our chair, Doug Hamilton, has been actively engaged uh, around our legacy 
uh, projects. So it's it's great to be able to have a celebration for two weeks in invite Canada here, and we'll have an amazing two weeks while we're here. But it's also then what's the legacy? And there'll be a number of key points on our legacy, uh, but one in particular will be our facilities. And so right now, being built um, on the on the southern part of, uh, of Brock University is Canada Games Park. Uh, there'll be a main main building in there. There'll be two, if you will, ice pads. So there'll be ice uh, hockey in the in the uh, winter time and uh, box lacrosse pads in the summertime. Uh, one will have uh, roughly around a 1,200 um, seat uh, arena, so it'll be good for spectating. Great place to come and watch the Badgers, the uh, women's and men's hockey teams play uh, for sure. It'll you know be right on campus. It'll be rocking. I can just imagine that uh, it'll be there. But it'll be a great community rinks as well, so we'll welcome people um, in there. Uh, and then there'll be uh, four large gymnasiums that will also be built. Um, Part of the legacy there is to work at, uh, if you will, some of our combative sports. Um, Brock is uh, um, uh, Canadian champs uh, uh, annually in wrestling. And so this will be a wrestling center to be even more attractive to help out. And many of uh, our Brock wrestlers and Niagara wrestlers have gone on to be Olympic medalists. And so to really heighten awareness in that particular facility, but it'll be also great uh, volleyball, you know, in basketball, there's a variety of things to be able to be in there. There'll be an indoor running track up there to help uh, for fitness. And then as well, the Brock Center for Wellness will come up the hill and be in there. And so that's really a place for our seniors in the community to come in and to develop their fitness and people who have had some injuries to be rehab and do some great things there. Uh, upstairs, we're going to put in a, a high performance center and these are for uh, uh, carded athletes. Uh, so in the Niagara area, place to train and develop uh, their skill sets and also be tested and things. And, and so we're very excited to have that join us. And then there will also be opportunities for offices for um, uh, sports governing bodies to be able to come into Niagara to be able to run, uh, run um, their uh, agencies right out of uh, Niagara, which will tie in nicely with the sports management program at Brock. Uh, as additionally, on the outside, then we'll have a 400-meter um, athletics uh, track and facility field facility that'll um, uh, definitely be a top in the, uh, the province. This will be a great spot for our athletes to carry on, develop their skill set, and as well, there'll be a, a, um, a volleyball uh, for uh, six, sorry, six outdoor um, volleyball courts um, that we'll be able to play on as well. Uh, and uh, we're looking to be able to program those and help our volunteer people um, as we move forward. So that's going to be a, a, a great facility there. Also in the plans is uh, also a center down at, in uh, on Henley Island uh, for our rowing. As you know, rowing is, uh, uh, we have a world-class rowing f uh, course in Niagara, and uh, this will give us the, uh, some facilities to go along with that. Plus, and we're not finished there, then there's a host of other ones. We're going to be upgrading ball diamonds, um, creating uh, other um, activity places around Niagara, uh, almost every sport. So we'll be doing some things for rugby and swimming and uh, diving and uh, cycling. Uh, so there, there's there's some, something smaller in each and every one along that line. So I think our total uh, our total um, budget that we're looking at is in around $110 million in uh, capital uh, costs. Uh, expenditures here in Niagara. So that that, that is a well above and beyond um, any other uh, any other program as as any other Canada Games has done before. So it'll be it'll be a great legacy. Uh, yeah, just hearing with everything that you've talked about so far, Barry, it's just it's amazing to me what 
the games are doing in relation to Brock and, uh, you know, talk about a hotspot for athletes moving forward past the games. This is a great opportunity for them to, to come to Brock to have these great facilities in place. Um, so that's really incredible. Um, Barry, I wanted to ask you on a lighter note and uh, kind of this interview, what are some of your most memorable experiences in sport? Ah, okay. Uh, well, anybody who, who knows me of late will know that one of them that I would highlight. So um, way back in 1972, there was a team uh, uh, from Canada, the first time we'd ever had a, a, our NHL uh, hockey players that had a chance to play against the Russians. And so I was a, I was a young lad at the time, uh, but everybody who was alive in Canada at that point um, remembers watching those eight game series and in particular um, in, uh, in game eight uh, when the score is tied five, five and everybody uh, will vividly remember where they were when Paul Henderson scored for Canada with 34 seconds left. So I was fortunate enough to um, through, um, through through our Brock, uh, our one of our alumnus is Den Dennis Hull, and Dennis was on that team, and they were looking for some help to be able to guide them in, along the way. And so I got invited to, uh, to to work with the team, and so I have for a, for the past uh, number of years. So we were fortunate to bring uh, the team into Niagara uh, for a dinner, and we had 350 people there, and they joined together in an organization and it's around their legacy committee to be able to to get their story out. and And their punchline on it is. Everybody fondly remembers that final goal, but it's not its not that goal that's their true legacy. Their legacy is um, there were overall in those eight hockey games, 28,800 seconds. And it, every one of those seconds um, was important uh, right up to the final, if you will, 34 and into the finishing point. And without uh, what's little known about that is they came together as a group that they, when they first started, they were come from 10 different hockey clubs and they were didn't really like each other, right? And over that space of eight games, and if you will, the month of September, they were able to transition and they were recognized as Canada's team of the century. And so their real legacy is how they came together as a team. And so that memorable moment in hockey, I've been now involved with to be able to draw with them, to be able to, to help um, share that legacy. And so we're doing that. Uh, we've got Niagara Catholic District School Board involved. And the idea is to how does it, how does a school bunch of school kids come together in uh, September, and how do we make them into a team so that they're there to help each other out? So that's the twenty eight eight project. So that's a powerful moment in time for sports history for me, and it's still impacting me today. Uh, lots of other ones. So I can remember being at the Commonwealth Games and and watching how. Uh, you know, competition brings the best out of us, but so does cooperation and how coaches would be working with athletes from different countries that perhaps weren't as, um, didn't have as much blessings as we had in Canada and they were helping them out. And so gymnastics, uh, team people giving other people things along that line. So you kind of, that's the beauty of sport. When we really bring people together, we can, we can, we can compete and we can raise each other up from that standpoint, but we also lend a hand out and help people up and so i think I, I i think those are kind of key points for me and and um and then i think just a whole bunch of personal times where you 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 work hard you you get out you work hard and it's uh you have that um magical games where you go out and play really hard and win or lose it doesn't matter you you put your sweat equity into it and you had that that moment and and uh at the end of the game you you know you you gave you gave your best and that's that's a powerful point um 
um, just as you're having me talking about it, here's, there's a great little article came out about our frontline healthcare workers right now and how many of them, how sport influenced them into doing their job. And so it was a, it was a great little article. I think I tweeted it out, uh, retweeted it out, somebody else's. But that was the point was uh, it was the playing fields, if you will, that our nurses and our physicians that they'd learned to do these kind of things, to work as a team, be cooperative, um, put that extra effort in, persevere, because uh, bloody hell right now we need to persevere on a bunch of things. So, yeah, so all of those kind of things. So those, those are kind of those wonderful lessons of sport, why I'm so happy to be back involved in it. Barry, this has just been an honor. Uh, thank you for doing this. Uh, great talking to you, uh, hearing your insight about the games and uh, your experiences. And uh, I'm not graduated yet, but one of the highlights is to be able to do this. So thank you. My pleasure, Vincent. Uh, good luck on your uh, rest of your journey. And uh, hopefully we'll uh, have you involved in 2021 somewhere. Thank you, Barry. Great. Thanks very much, Vincent.